There are certain topics that are easy to talk about, even with complete strangers. Good weather. I mean, that's an easy conversation to have. Look at the weather. It's awesome. If you're new to, new to Washington, this, we have this weather all the time. <clears throat> but we know that October's coming. But you can talk about weather, no problem. Uh, if, if you find somebody that likes the same sports teams as you, it's like you can talk to a complete stranger. Oh, yeah, do you remember this play? Do you remember this year? Oh, yeah, it's awesome. And you have a conversation about it. Easy to talk to. Uh, food. Oh, I like this. Oh, I love that too. Or I had this. Oh, where did I, I, I want to try that. What do you think? Oh, man, you've got to taste it. We got food trucks Sunday, so you, maybe you can ask people who have already purchased, you know, what they think. Easy to talk about food. Easy to talk about that. Um, a travel. Hey, I went here. Oh, I've gone there too. Ba, 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 ba. You can talk about it. There's lots of things that are easy to talk about, even with complete strangers. But there's other subjects that are very difficult to talk about. It's topics that we avoid talking about even with people that we're close to. We, we just avoid those topics altogether. All uh, like relationship problems. Right? Most people, if they're struggling, they don't go around saying, uh, we're fighting. Just want to let you know, me and her, we're, we're, we're fighting. Uh, financial problems. Uh, you know, hey, hey, how's it going today? Uh, couldn't make rent. <laughs> That's sort of kind of conversation starters, right? Uh, yeah, I, I just, you know, it's, it's a great day to talk about. I just filed for bankruptcy. It's awesome. We don't do that. Uh, politics, actually, some of you should stop doing that. All right? But a lot of people struggle with talking about that. Uh, the area of, of sex. Um, people are like, oh, I'm, I'm so uncomfortable talking about that. Weight gain, we don't like to talk about that. We don't say, hey, how are you doing? Gained 10 pounds last week. <laughs> people will walk away from you. But there is a subject that a lot of people want to avoid altogether, and that's the subject of death. It's painful. It's awkward. Don't know what to say. And I find it very interesting as we're going through First Thessalonians, preparing for Christ's return, like right in the middle of this conversation, he brings up death. So we're going to talk about that today. But in that, in the middle of talking about death, Paul talks about hope. 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 Go ahead and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 with us. Um, if, you're, if you're new to, with us, the first two weeks we talked about themes through this little book. And we talked about that. And then last week we got, uh, Paul kind of pivots in chapter 4, gets very specific. And so we're going to talk about something very specific today of helping us uh, prepare for Christ's return. Just two verses uh, this week. Verse 13, we'll, read, we'll begin reading there. It says, brothers and sisters, if you're new to Bible study, that's talking about believers. We do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. So that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Fallen asleep in him. Here's a central point this morning. It's this. is that in our darkest hour, in our darkest hour, we have access to hope because of Jesus. And oftentimes death is the darkest hour. And we have people all throughout our church who have recently faced the darkest hour as they 
lay to rest their spouse or a friend or a grandparent or a child. And some in in our church are facing their own imminent death as they have a terminal disease. But in our darkest hour, we have access to hope. It's all because of Jesus Christ. All because of Jesus Christ. See, to, to believers, death is not the end. It's a pause. It's temporary. To believers. Death to believers means that that death has already been defeated. It doesn't hold victory in our lives. To believers, death is hard, but not without hope. Death is hard, but not without hope. I'm gonna break down some of these words and these verses. Verse 13, Paul says this, we don't want you to be uninformed or ignorant about those who sleep in death. Sleep and death. Jesus often referred to death as sleep, and he, he was kind of mocked because of it. There's a story that I'll, I'll read in the, in the Gospel of Mark where a, a synagogue leader by the name of Jairus comes to Jesus in a panic. I mean, the panic, synagogue leaders hated Jesus. But he came to Jesus in a panic because his little girl was on her deathbed and she could die any moment. And this synagogue leader saw Jesus, you know, healing people left and right. And, and although Jesus, you know, was way outside their kind of little religious box, he knew that there was power in Jesus. So he runs up to Jesus and said, please, please, can you please come to my house? I got this little girl who's sick. And Jesus agreed. On the way, he was interrupted. The crowd was pressing around him. And a lady who had this kind of constant bleeding disease touched the hem of his garment and the pressed crowd around him. Jesus stopped. Who touched me? Who touched me? And his disciples were like, Jesus, everybody's around you. And he looked right at the lady who was healed as soon as she touched him. And in that context, he's speaking Mark writes this, while Jesus was speaking, some people from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, said this, your daughter is dead. They said, why bother the teacher anymore? There's no purpose in him coming. He has nothing there to do. Don't bother him. Let him go on his way. Verse 36, overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, do not be afraid. Just believe. I love that. Don't be afraid. Just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and and wailing loudly. And he went in and told them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. Jesus went into the room just with the family and three of the disciples. And the crowd wasn't laughing at Jesus when out comes the room. From the room is a little girl alive and well. Jesus said, hey, probably should give her some food. So I'm thinking she's probably middle school age. She's asleep. What? Laugh, laugh, laugh. 
Jesus was near Jerusalem and word got to Jesus that your good friend Lazarus is sick. And he loved Lazarus and, and, their, and his sisters, Mary and Martha. And, and Jesus knew what they meant. It was like not just a cold sick, I mean a deathly sick. And they're like, please come, please come. And in their mind thinking, Jesus, you, have heal, you are healing people left and right all over, rich and poor, Gentile, you know, all over. This is your good friend. Please come. And in John, it says, Jesus waited two days. The walk was close. It would be like walking from here to Paul's bow. Not that far away. But Jesus waited two days. Then after the second day, it says this. Um, it says that he went on to tell them, his disciples, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But I am going to wake him up. He's fallen asleep. But I'm going to go there to wake him up. And one of the disciples looked at Jesus and said, well, if he's sleeping, that means he's going to get better. And Jesus looked at him and said, Lazarus has died. Jesus always did that with his disciples. A bunch of older teenagers like, oh, open mouth, input, sandal. Peter had a gift with that. No, he's dead. He went up there and rose him from the dead. Asleep, asleep. Why, why do we sleep, all right? It's that temporary pause for us to regain our energy. You know, when you're young, I don't need sleep. I, st I stopped taking naps, you know, as a kid and definitely as a teenager. I started taking naps again as a college student on Sunday afternoons. Ah, you know, I was so tired, so tired, so tired. Now as I'm older, I look forward to sleep more and more. <laughs> right? it, but it's a temporary pause, to regain energy. And Jesus, thinking about in our darkest hour, when we're facing death or the impending death of someone that we love, or we've just buried someone that we're, we're lo we're, we've loved, and, and we're just, our heart is broken in those dark days, we have access to hope, and it's through Jesus Christ. Death is tragic. It's tragic, especially the younger someone is. Now, I hated doing a funeral with a little coffin of an infant baby that died, what we were told of a SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. I mean, it's, it's horrible. I was at a funeral for one of my teenagers in California a month after he left my youth group and graduated. He tragically died. We've had a lot of funerals here. Hate them. But they're necessary. Especially when a one of our young college students was coming back from California College, fell asleep on the road and woke up in heaven. The place was packed. It was painful. Death is difficult even when you know someone is going to die. You know it. It's not, I mean, there's that shock of, of sudden, you know, unexpected death. But when you know one of your loved ones is, is going to die, it, it is still difficult. It's painful. <laughs> but but Jesus made it very clear, because of Christ, death is a pause. Death is temporary. It's like we're going to go to sleep, but we will wake up because of Jesus. In this life, separation, that's the definition of, uh, of sin. Yes, it hurts. There's a hole. There's a hurt. But in Christ, it's temporary. 
So that's why back in verse 13 he says this, we don't want you to be you know, uninformed about those who sleep in death, that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Death is it, the end, over. It's empty. Now he's not saying don't grieve. No. He said, I don't want you to grieve like those who have no hope. Grieving is part of the process that God kind of hardwired our earthly bodies for. When my dad was hours away from death, I'm 27 years old, I've never had anybody close to me die, and we're all down in Medford, California, and we have a large family, we have seven of us kids, five older kids, and we had, my, my sister was nine, and my baby brother was six. And the oldest of us went into the uh, room with the pastor came in and talked to us, and he said something very interesting. He said this, that God designed us to grieve, but each of us will grieve differently, and you got to be okay with that. God designed us to grieve, each of us will grieve differently, and you got to be okay with that. Got to be okay with that. Well, my dad, we got called into the room, and you lit- I literally saw the life leave his body. I'd never seen that before. Had nightmares after that for a while. But we're all in our room, oh, my, my dad's room, and my mom, as soon as her husband, my father, passed away, she started singing how great thou art. And us siblings joined in. My mouth was moving like every other word came out. And I'm next to my grandmother who did not believe in Jesus and she was completely lost in the moment. There's no hope in her eyes. There's no hope in her, in her heart, in her body. And here we are singing how great thou art. Why? Because in our darkest hour, we have access to hope because of Jesus. That we would see him again. That he would have no more cancer, no more tumors. He would wake in glory. Uh, Eight months later, I moved here. May of 1991 as a youth pastor here and still processing uh, change and all that. And I was... I was here a few months and I got a call from one of my sisters in California and she got on the phone and she says, I just want to let you know I'm mad at you. I'm like, okay, what, what did I do? I said, what are you talking about? She goes, I'm mad at you because you did not ever cry over the loss of our dad. And I said, hold on there, girl. One, I had to be a part of the service and keep things together. But you did not see me when I couldn't drive on I-5 and I had to pull over. And I had to pull over on Highway 16 and Highway 3. You did not, you were not there. We all mourn differently. And so Paul is saying, I don't want you to be uninformed, okay, about death. That we're actually going to sleep as believers. But I don't want you to grieve like other people who don't know Christ, who have no hope. 
as believers, we're going to all grieve dif- differently and got to be okay with that. But it's also very different or should be very different for those who don't know Christ as, as their Savior. Because even though they have access to that hope, but they have to have a relationship with Jesus to gain that access and to gain hope. And there's a real thing called stages of grief. I mean, it's a real thing. Again, God wired our human bodies, our earthly bodies with, with grief. But uh, there's all kinds of stages of grief. Uh, the first one is shock and denial, especially when there's an accident. All of a sudden they're alive and they're gone. And, and there's shock and also de- denial. Like, is, de- de- is this reality? Is this real? That's a stage of grief. And then there's pain. It hurts. Aches. Emptiness. And also in this pain, there's also people face guilt like, man, I should have apologized. I should have spent more time. I should have reconciled that relationship, but now I don't have a chance in this life. That's one, one stage. And then there's anger. And I was here for a while as a young pastor. I was ticked off at God. Why did you, why did you take my dad? You know, was godly and influenced, you know, thousands of people. And, and why don't you take his dad, you know, or my uncle or whatever. The, I was eight. I was ticked off at God. God's a big God. No lightning hit me. It was a stage of grief, though. Then there's depression. There's, you enter in a fog. You don't feel anything. But eventually, if you go through the stages, there's acceptance. It doesn't mean you like it. But it's like, you accept it. But Paul says, as believers, there's one more stage. It's hope. It's hope because of Christ. Now, in America, we have an interesting definition for hope. We believe it's wishful thinking, all right? Wishful thinking. A couple months, NFL season will start. And even Cleveland Brown fans have hope, all right? But guess what it is? Wishful thinking, all right? Oh, yes, you know, hope, you know, everything works together and everybody stays healthy. You know, maybe we'll win. And we have a wishful thinking definition of hope in America, in the English language. But the New Testament was written in the Greek language. And the definition in the Bible for hope is confident expectation, not wishful thinking. Confident expectation. This is what hope means in, in the Greek in, in the Bible when Jesus talks about hope. It would be like Jeff Bezos, right? The founder, owner of Amazon, finalizing a, a huge merger. And he says this, you know, I hope the $300 million package gets through and gets cleared. You know, I hope that, ca- that check cashes. I hope it does. That is not wishful thinking for Jeff. That is confident expectation because in his bank account is over $200 billion. So don't get in your mind that the hope for heaven, the hope beyond the grave is wishful thinking. If I cross my fingers, including my legs, I hope I get there. No, it is confident expectations if you place your faith in Christ. So in this passage, talking to believers who were devastated, thinking we've missed the return of Christ, and we have had loved ones who have died, and he said, no, no, by the way, they're just asleep. I don't want you to be, you know, uninformed or ignorant about it. They're just asleep. But I don't, want, I don't want you to grieve 
like readily the rest of the world who have no hope. Verse 14 gives us the reason for, first word, meaning because, or the reason for our hope is this, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so, I mean, because of that, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus at his return, with Jesus, those who have fallen asleep in him, meaning in a relationship with Jesus. Our hope is not found in religion. Going to church, reading the Bible, our hope is not found there. Because they had hope, believers had hope before the Bible's even put together. Our hope is not found in religious rituals. Like I just need to pray. That's where my hope comes from. It actually, prayer is awesome, talking to God. But that's not where our hope comes from. Our hope doesn't come from doing good works. Paul connected our hope to an event. To an event. Again, if you're going to start a religion, okay, kind of make it like in theory, kind of like vague and foggy. But no, our faith is tied and connected to an event. And that's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we don't just celebrate it at Easter. We celebrate it every single week. You know, the first of the week, that's when they met after the resurrection because I, he was once dead and now he is alive. Spiritually, I was once dead, but trusting in Christ, now I'm spiritually alive. My faith is connected to an event. My, my hope is connected to the event of Jesus rising from the grave. The same Jesus, the same Jesus who rose again is the same Jesus who is coming again. Did you get that? The same Jesus, I'll say it again, some of you are not awake. The same Jesus who rose again is the same Jesus who is coming again. The same Jesus who conquered his death is the same Jesus that will conquer your death. The same Jesus who rose again is the same Jesus that will rise us again. The same Jesus.
beginning and end at the sound of his cry all the world came alive and he formed us from dust put his breath in our lungs we were made for his love but we ran from the light but he wouldn't give up on his daughters and sons so we took up the cross and he laid down his life and he did what he said be seated. So in your darkest hour, are you accessing the hope that we have because of Christ? If you're a believer, are you accessing it? Or is it just in your head? It's just like a truth you say you believe, but you're freaking out. You're panicking. I'm, I'm not saying that you should not grieve. That's not what Paul's saying. He said, but I want you to grieve like the, really the rest of the world who has no hope. We have people going through dark days in our church. It breaks my heart. And, and I, I think about doing funeral services and man, I'd rather do anything else. But the reason why I can do those, the reason why I've been through those, the reason why I'm, I'm thinking about people that I love that are struggling, there's cancer all through their body. When they die, it's gonna be a temporary pause. They're gonna go to sleep. Jesus will wake them up. Same Jesus is keeping all of his promises. You know what one of his last promises he gave disciples? I'm going away to prepare a place for you. But when I come back, I'm gonna take you with me. So in your darkest hour, think about a husband who's gonna be losing his wife with terminal cancer and their teenage daughters. There's hope beyond the grave, beyond the pain because of Christ. Have you trusted in Christ? Not, did I, I did not say, do you go to church? I love that you're here. I love that you're watching online. But that's not where our hope comes from. Have you trusted in Christ? Are you in a relationship with Christ? If not, why not today? You have no guarantee of what's around this afternoon. All of us will meet our maker. Maybe you need to trust in Christ today, whether in in the room or online. 
Uh, Romans 10.10 makes it super, super clear. If you declare with your heart, this is where it comes from, you mean it, right? That Jesus is Lord, he is God. And you believe that. And you're justified. Believe in your heart that Christ raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That might be, will be saved. Maybe you need to trust in Christ today so that you can access that hope only found in Christ. With every head bowed, eyes closed. If you need to trust Jesus today, place your, your confident expectation in Jesus because what he did on the cross and he rose again. That is your heart's desire today. Pray from your heart, from your heart to the Lord. Say, Jesus, I am a sinner. My sin has separated me from you. I deserve the wrath of God, but today by faith, I trust in Jesus, that he is indeed the savior of the world, that he died on the cross to pay for my sins. He rose again, proving he was God. And by faith, I trust in Jesus and Jesus alone for my salvation, to save me and to bring me into his family. And if you prayed that, your name has now been written in the Lamb's book of life, never to be erased. Now you have direct access to that hope. God, thank you for this little church and the questions they asked the Apostle Paul and his reply and his counsel and teaching and also this area, one of the conversations we, we want to avoid, like the plague of talking about death. And Paul goes right at it, that we can have the hope that's found in Christ and it's because he rose again. And because he rose again, we will rise again. We will be wakened from our sleep if we die to be with the Lord forever. Lord, I pray that you take your truth, your word, impress them on our hearts, draw people to Jesus. And Lord, may followers of Jesus live in the hope that they have in Christ. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. All of us say, amen, amen. If you're new, that means so be it. That's right, amen. If you are a guest today, we have um, a gift for you at our guest services. And if you would just visit there. We also have discussion questions on the screen that you can discuss. And we also, if you're here, we have some pretty cool uh, food trucks outside. We have a, a number of vendors. A lot of them, a lot of them have, been, have struggled through COVID or are kind of recovering. Let me just say, be generous on your tips. Let's blow them away with gracious, generous giving. Have a wonderful day. Next week, we'll talk about the rapture of Jesus. Make sure that you're here. <laughs>